Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Swiss Family Robinson by Johann David Wyss. Chapter 50 all was so still around us, and our pinnace was so completely hidden with its canopy of verdure, that I could not help regretting that I had not accompanied my sons. It was now too late, but my steps involuntarily turned to the road I had seen them take, Ernest remaining on the rocks in search of natural curiosities. But I was suddenly recalled by a cry from Ernest, "'Father! A canoe! A canoe!' "'Alas! Is it not ours?' I said, rushing to the shore, where, indeed, I saw beyond the reefs a canoe floating lightly, apparently filled with the islanders, easy to distinguish from their dark complexion. This canoe did not resemble ours. It was longer, narrower, and seemed to be composed of long strips of bark, quite rough, tied together at each end, which gave somewhat of a graceful form to it, although it evidently belonged to the infancy of the art of navigation. It is almost inconceivable how these frail barks resist the slightest storm, but these islanders swim so well that, even if the canoe fills, they jump out, empty it, and take their places again. When landed, one or two men take up the canoe and carry it to their habitation. This, however, appeared to be provided with outriggers, to preserve the equilibrium, and six savages, with a sort of oars, made it fly like the wind. When it passed the part of the island where we were, we hailed it as loudly as we could. The savages answered by frightful cries, but showed no intention of approaching us or entering the bay. On the contrary, they went on with great rapidity, continuing their cries. I followed them with my eyes as far as I could in speechless emotion, for either my fancy deceived me or I faintly distinguished a form of fairer complexion than the dark-hued beings who surrounded him, features or dress I could not see. On the whole it was a vague impression that I trembled alike to believe or to doubt. Ernest, more active than I, had climbed a sandbank, and with his telescope had commanded a better view of the canoe. He watched it round a point of land, and then came down almost as much agitated as myself. I ran to him and said, "'Ernest, was it your mother?' "'No, papa, I am certain it was not my mother,' said he. "'Neither was it Francis.' Here he was silent. A cold shuddering came over us. "'Why are you silent?' said I. "'What do you think?' "'Indeed, papa, I could distinguish nothing,' said he. "'Even with the telescope they pass so quickly. Would that it were my mother and brother!' we should then be sure they were living, and might follow them. But a thought strikes me. Let us free the pinnace, and sail after the canoe. We can go quicker than they with the sail. We shall overtake them behind the cape, and then we shall at least be satisfied. 
I hesitated, lest my son should come back. But Ernest represented to me that we were only fulfilling the wishes of Fritz. Besides, we should return in a short time. He added that he would soon disencumber the pinnace. Soon, cried I, when we have been at least two hours in covering it. Yes, said he, but we had a dozen journeys to make it to the trees then. I will have it ready in less than half an hour. I assisted him as actively as I could, though not with good heart, for I was uneasy about abandoning my sons. I would have given worlds to see them arrive before our departure, to have their assistance which was of much consequence in the pinnace, and to know that they were safe. I often left off my work to take a glance into the interior of the island, hoping to see them. Frequently I mistook the trees in the twilight, which was now coming on, for moving objects. At last I was not deceived. I saw distinctly a figure walking rapidly. "'They're here!' I cried, running forward, followed by Ernest, and we soon saw a dark-coloured figure approaching. I concluded it was a savage, and, though disappointed, was not alarmed, as he was alone. I stopped, and begged Ernest to recollect all the words he had met with in his books of the language of the savages. The black man approached, and conceived my surprise when I heard him cry in my own language, "'Don't be alarmed, father! It is I, your son Fritz!' "'Is it possible?' said I. "'Can I believe it?' And Jack, what have you done with my Jack? Where is he? Speak!" Ernest did not ask. Alas, he knew too well. He had seen with his telescope that it was his dear brother Jack that was in the canoe with the savages, but he had dared not tell me. I was in agony. Fritz, harassed with fatigue and overwhelmed with grief, sunk down on the ground. "'Oh, father!' said he, sobbing. "'I dread to appear before you without my brother.' I have lost him. Can you ever forgive your unfortunate Fritz?" "'Oh, yes, yes, we are all equally unfortunate,' cried I, sinking down beside my son, while Ernest seated himself on the other side to support me. I then besought Fritz to tell me if the savages had murdered my dear boy. He assured me that he was not killed, but carried off by the savages. Still he hoped he was safe. Ernest then told me he had seen him seated in the canoe, apparently without clothes, but not stained black as Fritz was. "'I earnestly wish he had been,' said Fritz. "'To that I attribute my escape. But I am truly thankful to God that you have seen him, Ernest. Which way have the monsters gone?' Ernest pointed out the cape, and Fritz was anxious that we should embark without delay, and endeavour to snatch him from them. "'And have you learned nothing of your mother and Francis?' said I. "'Alas, nothing,' said he, "'though I think I recognized a handkerchief belonging to dear Mama on the head of a savage. I will tell you all my adventure as we go. You forgive me, dear father?' "'Yes, my dear son,' said I. "'I forgive and pity you. But are you sure my wife and Francis are not on the island?' "'Quite sure,' said he. In fact, the island is entirely uninhabited. There is no fresh water, nor game, and no quadrupeds whatever, but rats and kangaroos, but plenty of fruit. I have filled my bag with breadfruit, which is all we shall need. Let's go." We worked so hard, that in a quarter of an hour the branches were removed, and the pinnace ready to receive us. 
the wind was favourable for carrying us towards the cape the savages had turned, we hoisted our sail. I took my place at the helm. The sea was calm, and the moon lighted our way. After recommending ourselves to the protection of God, I desired Fritz to commence his melancholy recital. "'It will be melancholy indeed,' said the poor boy, weeping. "'If we do not find my dear Jack, I shall never forgive myself for not having stained his skin before my own, that he should have been with you now.' "'But I have you, my dear son, to console your father,' said I. I can do nothing myself in my sorrow. I depend on you, my two eldest, to restore to me what I have lost. Go on, Fritz." We went on, continued he, with courage and hope, and as we proceeded, we felt that you were right in saying we ought not to judge of the island by the borders. You can form no idea of the fertility of the island, or of the beauty of the trees and shrubs we met with at every step quite unknown to me. Some were covered with fragrant flowers, others with tempting fruits, which, however, we did not venture to taste, as we did not have nips to try them. "'Did you see any monkeys?' asked Ernest. "'Not one,' replied his brother, to the great vexation of Jack. But we saw parrots, and all sorts of birds of the most splendid plumage. Whilst we were remarking these creatures, I did not neglect to look carefully about for any trace that might aid our search. I saw no hut, no sort of dwelling, nor anything that could indicate that the island was inhabited, and not the slightest appearance of fresh water, and we should have been tormented with thirst if we had not found some coconuts containing milk, and an acid fruit full of juice, which we have on our own island. Ernest calls it the carambolier. We quenched our thirst with this, as well as with the plant which we also have, and which contains water in the stem. The country's flat and open, and its beautiful trees stand at such a distance from each other that no one could hide amongst them. But if we found no dwellings, we often discovered traces of the savages, extinguished fires, remains of kangaroos and of fish, coconut shells, and even entire nuts which we secured for ourselves. We marked also footprints on the sand. We both wished anxiously to meet with a savage that we might endeavour to make him comprehend, by signs, whom we were in search of, hoping that natural affection might have some influence even with these untaught creatures. I was only fearful that my dress and the colour of my skin might terrify them. In the meantime, Jack, with his usual rashness, had climbed to the summit of one of the tallest trees, and suddenly cried out, "'Fritz, prepare your signs! The savages are landing! Oh, what black, ugly creatures they are, and nearly naked! You ought to dress yourself like them to make friends with them. You can stain your skin with these,' throwing me down branches of a sort of fruit of a dark purple colour, large as a plum, with a skin like the mulberry. "'I've been tasting them. They are very nauseous.' and they've stained my fingers black. Rub yourself well with the juice of this fruit, and you will be a perfect savage." I agreed immediately. He descended from the tree while I undressed, and with his assistance I stained myself from head to foot, as you see me. But don't be alarmed. A single dip in the sea will make me a European again. The good-natured Jack then 
helped to dress me in a sort of tunic made of large leaves, and laughed heartily when he looked at me, calling me Omnibu, of whom he had seen a picture, which he declared I exactly resembled. I then wished to disguise him in the same way, but he would not consent. He declared that, when we met with Mama and Francis, he should fly to embrace them, and that he should alarm and disgust them in such a costume. He said I could protect him, if the savages wished to devour him. They were now at hand, and we went forward, Jack following me with my bundle of clothes under his arm. I had slung my kangaroo-skin bag of powder and provision on my shoulders, and I was glad to see that most of the savages wore the skin of that animal, for the most part spread out like a mantle over their shoulders. Few of them had other clothes, excepting one, who appeared to be the chief, and had a tunic of green rushes neatly woven. I tried to recollect all the words of savage language I could, but very few occurred to me. I said at first, Tayo, Tayo. I don't know whether they comprehended me, but they paid me great attention, evidently taking me for a savage. Only one of them wished to seize my gun, but I held it firmly, and on the chief speaking a word to him, he drew back. They spoke very rapidly, and I saw by their looks they spoke about us. They looked incessantly at Jack, repeating, To Maititata! Jack imitated all their motions, and made some grimaces which seemed to amuse them. I tried in vain to attract their attention. I had observed a handkerchief twisted round the head of him who seemed the chief, that reminded me much of the one my mother usually wore. I approached him, touched the handkerchief, saying expressively, I added, pointing to the sea, Paikano. But, alas, they did not appear to understand my words. The chief thought I wished to rob him of his handkerchief, and repelled me roughly. I then wished to retire, and I told Jack to follow me, but four islanders seized him, opened his waistcoat and shirt, and cried out together, Alei Taexka, Tata! In an instant he was stripped, and his clothes and mine were put on in a strange fashion by the savages. Jack, mimicking all their contortions, recovered his shirt from one of them, put it on, and began to dance, calling on me to do the same, and, in a tone as if singing, repeated, "'Make your escape, Fritz, while I am amusing them. I will then run off and join you very soon.' As if I could for a moment think of leaving him in the hands of these barbarians. However, I recollected at that moment the bag you had given me of toys and trinkets. We had thoughtlessly left it under the great tree where I had addressed. I told Jack, in the same tone, I would fetch it if he could amuse the savages till I returned, which he might be certain would be very soon. I ran off with all speed, and without opposition arrived at the tree, found my bag well guarded indeed, father, for what was my surprise to find our two faithful dogs, Turk and Flora, standing over it. Flora! cried I. She accompanied my dear wife and child into their captivity. They must be in this island. Why have they left it? My dear father, continued Fritz, depend on it. They are not there. But I feel convinced that the wretches who have carried off Jack hold dear Mama and Francis in captivity. Therefore we must, at all events, pursue them. The meeting between Flora and me was truly joyful, 
for I was now convinced that my mother and Francis were not far off, though certainly not on the same island, or their attached friend would not have quitted them. I concluded that the chief who had brought my mamma's handkerchief had also taken her dog, and brought her on this excursion, and that she had met here with her friend Turk, who had rambled from us. After caressing Flora, and taking up my bag, I ran off full speed to the spot where my dear Jack was trying to divert the barbarians. As I approached, I heard cries—not the noisy laughter of the savages, but cries of distress from my beloved brother, cries for help, addressed to me. I did not walk, I flew till I reached the spot, and I then saw him bound with a sort of strong cord made of gut. His hands were fastened behind his back his legs tied together, and these cruel men were carrying him towards their canoe, while he was crying out, "'Fritz! Fritz! Where are you?' I threw myself desperately on the six men who were bearing him off. In the struggle my gun, which I held in my hand, caught something, and accidentally went off, and, oh, father, it was my own dear Jack that I wounded! I cannot tell how I survived his cry of, "'You've killed me!' and when I saw his blood flow, my senses forsook me, and I fainted. When I recovered, I was alone. They had carried him off. I rose, and following the traces of his blood, arrived fortunately at the shore just as they were embarking. God permitted me to see him again, supported by one of the savages, and even to hear his feeble voice cry, "'Console yourself, Fritz. I'm not dead. I'm only wounded in the shoulder.' It is not your fault. Go, my kind brother, as quickly as possible to papa, and you will both— The canoe sailed away so swiftly that I heard no more. But I understood the rest. You will both come and rescue me. But will there be time? Will they dress his wound? Oh, father, what have I done? Can you forgive me? Overwhelmed with grief, I could only hold out my hand to my poor boy and assure him I could not possibly blame him for this distressing accident. Ernest, though greatly afflicted, endeavoured to console his brother. He told him a wound in the shoulder was not dangerous, and the savages certainly intended to dress his wound, or they would have left him to die. Fritz, somewhat comforted, begged me to allow him to bathe, to divest himself of the colouring which was now becoming odious to him, as being that of these ruthless barbarians. I was reluctant to consent. I thought it might still be useful in gaining access to the savages, but he was certain they would recognize him in that disguise as the bearer of the thunder, and would distrust him. I now recollected to ask what had become of his gun, and was sorry to learn that they had carried it off whilst he lay insensible. He himself considered it would be useless to them, as they had fortunately left him the bag of ammunition. Ernest, however, regretted the loss to ourselves, this being the third we had lost, the one we had left in the canoe being also in the possession of the savages. The dogs we missed too, and Fritz could give no account of them. We concluded they had either followed the savages, or were still in the island. This was another severe sorrow. It seemed as if every sort of misfortune was poured out upon us. I rested on the shoulder of Ernest in my anguish. Fritz took advantage of my silence, and leaped out of the pinnace to have a bath. I was alarmed at first, but he was such an excellent swimmer, and the sea was so calm, 
that I soon abandoned my fears for him. End of chapter. Many of us, if we're being honest, have given up hope on good sleep. But why? Well, if you're like me, you've tried everything, and nothing has helped, so if we're not going to sleep well anyway, why try? That kind of thinking is so 2021. It's time to rethink our nights and days and demand more from our sleep. Talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more. I wanted a career in which everything would matter. So I joined the CIA. And now I help protect our families, our friends, and every fellow American. Find out how everything you do in your career can impact our nation. Visit CIA.gov careers to learn more and apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.